Hello, people. Welcome to another 6-Minute Monday where I give you 6 tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective. Normally, I say in the weight room, the boardroom, and on a football field, but today, I'm not going to say that because we are all still on quarantine, and we should be, so stay at home. Don't get other people sick, please, but just become more efficient and effective wherever you are right now. Okay. The first tip is a training tip. I got this from Dr. Stuart McGill while I was doing a one of my tests for the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Again, just a quick reminder for you people, I like to work on self-improvement during this quarantine, and one of those things I'm doing is taking these classes. So what Dr. Stuart McGill was saying, really the, the, the crux of this class that I was taking was on how your abdominal, your core, the intent of your core is to translate power from your or help translate power from your lower extremities to your upper extremities, right, and vice versa. What he was saying, though, during this conversation was that you should not be bending over as much as you are because the more you flex your back, the more likely you are to have injury. There's only so many times you can flex your back. So the tip that he gave was to pick up lighter loads, use the golfer's lift. What the hell's golfer's lift? I don't know. I didn't know. So I Googled it, and I, I thought it'd be like a golfer bending over to pick over pick up a golf ball, but it actually was a golfer performing a single leg RDL to pick up a golf ball. So good good for us. We do single leg RDLs all the time. It's part of our rep repertoire. And uh, so I recommend if you have a light load, it's something that I am working on now myself. If you have a light load, pick it up with using a single leg RDL. If it's a heavy load, then yes, you can deadlift it. Uh, you can squat it up, whatever you want to do. But if it's a light load, say it's a sneaker you're picking up off the ground, just perform a single leg RDL. It'll save your back. Okay, tip number two, the exercise that I'm experimenting with. So for me, what I'm experimenting with, it's part of the holy grail of strength. And what I had been doing was progressing five pounds every lift. And then when it got to a point where I couldn't perform 10 reps comfortably on that lift, then I would reduce the weight or change the lift. Well, I got into a situation last week that I wanted to uh, bang a sledgehammer through the wall of my garage. I didn't actually peak on the weight. I have been able to kill the weight. So I was doing Romanian deadlifts. I've been doing them for a while. I've been doing them for the last four months, creeping up on five months. I started out at 225, and I think I have spoke through the undulating periodization. So it's not a linear path up. There's ups and downs. I got to 295. The load was great, except I felt both of my glutes pop. Bang, bang, both sides. So... You know, people might mistake that for lower back pain, but both of my glutes basically exploded on the lift, and I was in some serious pain the next few days. Now, I didn't sit around and do nothing. I heard guys say, I hurt my lower back. I'm going to do nothing. No, don't do nothing. I fixed that problem very quickly. Didn't miss a single lift. Worked around the injury. Uh, didn't work through it, but worked around it. But what I'm saying, uh, get back to my tip. My tip is going to be, it was a learning lesson for me, and I, this is going to be a continual learning lesson. What I'm going to do as I am going to change up that lift inside of the Holy Grail of Strength, either based on not being able to handle the load, which didn't happen yet, or time. So if I get to a four-month period, I'm just going to change it up. I believe that my lower my glutes exploded because of just overuse. I had been doing deadlift every day in every workout for four months the same exact, sorry, Romanian deadlift. I need to change it up, so I will change it up. I've, ar I've already changed it up. It's a learning lesson for me. Okay, tip number three. Tip number three, a quote that I am thinking about. This came from Pat Brennan during the last podcast I had with him. So Pat was talking about his journey from being an assistant strength and conditioning coach at a local college all the way up to the highest of the high levels, to the Buffalo Bills, to the University of Alabama, and now he's the head strength and conditioning coach of the U.S. Army uh, and one of the battalions in North Carolina. And what he said, he said, this is a game of attrition and only the strong survive. And I, one part of me loved it and said, man, this is awesome because that's me. 
I, I battled it out in college. There were guys that were way more talented than me, but they just couldn't put up with practice. They didn't want to be a part of camp, so they quit football. And I love every second of it. But on the flip side, as a coach, I'm thinking, man, how many more? You know, was, it, was it better to have a much less talented player on the field than someone who could be great but only quit because it took so much time and effort to be a football player? Or even as a coach, being a head coach, when I was thinking, man, I, I'm losing a lot of great coaches because they just don't have the time to put in. And let me, let's, let's clear one thing up here. Not all the time that's put in is valuable. There's so much waste in football, in coaching. There's so many non-value-added activities. It's almost like in the current ages, can you put up with all this garbage to get this title or this position. For me, I'd love to find the perfect balance of where you can have that position, still lead your life, and not have to deal with all this garbage to be in that position. So, Pat, you, you made me think about a lot of stuff. I don't have any answers yet, but, man, I hope it's not just a war of attrition. I hope it becomes a war of talent and putting your time into the right spot. Okay, tip number four, the book that I've been reading that's made an impact on me. There's actually two things. So, you know, it's usually book, podcast, movie, whatever. The first thing, the book, was Patriot Reign. So it's a great book. It talks about the Patriots. I also couple that with something called The War Room. It's two books that I've been reading. They both talk about the Patriots. It talks about how the culture of the Patriots became the culture. And what's beautiful is it's this is not just about Bill Belichick. It's about the system that he put in place. It's about the ownership that was with him, how everyone had to be on the same page, including the scouts. Now, what was very interesting in the book was that they talked about their game plan against the Rams, and I can't remember what the Super Bowl was, maybe 36, and it said their game plan was to hit Marshall Falk on every single play. And then they actually put bullet points in the game plan in the book. This is what we're going to do. This is when Marshall Falk lines up here, we're going to do this. Marshall Falk does this, we're going to do that. All right, and the goal was to hurt, hit Marshall Falk every single time. So I just came back from an MIT conference in early March, uh, pre, actually right in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic. Luckily, I got out of there without getting sick. And Bill James, the, the founder of data analytics, the man behind Moneyball, he said, the problem with people is that they never bother looking up the data or the facts to support anything they said. So I said, okay, I'm going to look this up. So when I went, went back and I got help from a couple of the coaches I, I, had, I worked with, they got me film of that Super Bowl, and I watched the Super Bowl. And the Patriots hardly ever hit Marshall Falk. Go back, watch it. I challenge you to watch it. Go back and watch the game. I think of, I don't know, the 80 reps that they played, they might have hit him about five times when he went out for a pass. They did a whole bunch of other stuff in that game, which was awesome. They rerouted receivers. Uh, they changed their secondary alignment. But for the most part, they played man coverage or they played some form of cover two. They beat up receivers off the line of scrimmage. Marshall Falk just happened to be one of the guys they beat up. But it's like that story was a story that was maybe made up. It's either the brilliance of Bill Belichick to put out a fake story out there or people just told a fake story that never really seemed to exist. Yeah, Marshall Falk did get hit, but it was no different than everybody else. And there was plenty of times they didn't hit him on screenplays, even in their bulleted list. It said if Marshall Falk lines up here and he pass protects, uh, it's definitely a screen. Well, on the third play of the game, Mike Vrabel, now head coach of the Tennessee Titans, the guy that they say is one of the smartest football players ever. He hits Marshall Falk and then lets him swing out. He runs a screen and gains like 20 yards. So don't believe everything you read. Go and find data to back it up. The second thing that I've been listening to, and this sounds like a, uh, I don't know, personal pat on the back, but whatever. 
I have been listening to my own podcast, episode number 61, How to Be Sober to Beat the Coronavirus. Every day I listen to it because I, I maybe I made that podcast for me, but there is some sound advice that I need a daily reminder on every day to help get myself through this and get others through this pandemic for a hundred different reasons. So if you haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend you do, but it's something that I've been listening to. Okay, thing number five, thing number five, the productivity tip. So going back to Pat Brennan's podcast, he talked about making lists of your long-term goals. And what my concern is, and this I guess could link back to episode number 61, the how to be sober and get through the quarantine. How do you know that you're going to get out of this quarantine becoming a better person than you were when you went into it? My fear for most people, including myself, is that they're going to waste all of this time that they had as an opportunity to get better. So putting aside, you know, not getting people sick, putting aside the the horrible things that are happening with re- relating to people's health and the stress on our healthcare system and the economy, it's if you are in a spot where you are home and you have time to make yourself better, will you have wasted all that time by binge watching TV? And I'm starting to watch people give up. I'm starting to see people just say, ah, forget it. So my recommendation to you is, for terms of a productivity tip, is to write down today everything that you wish you could get done if you had all the time in the world. Because you got it right now. If you can get everything done with all the time in the world, write it down. And then break it into mini tasks. Maybe every day just chip away at a little bit of that stuff. And give yourself a three-week window. Let's assume that you have from now, I don't know, until the beginning of May or the middle of May. Give yourself a three-week window where you can get this stuff done and chip away at it every single day because the last thing you want to do is walk out of this thing and say, man, uh, if I had all the time in the world, I would have did this. And you got nothing done and you're the same person, maybe a worse person, maybe you're in worse shape or whatever. Uh, You're in worse shape. You're dumber because you haven't done any research. You haven't made yourself a better person than you were when you walked into it. Write that stuff down. Take those plans and do a little bit every day. Okay, thing number six, weirdest thing I saw in the gym. I thought I was going to skip this one this week because I don't go to a gym, but I will tell this one. Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning, I go out nice and early, try to be alone, social distancing at uh, Owl Howell Park. I'm there, unloading my truck. I was going to do a little bit of a uh, sled pull workout with sliders. So I'm unloading the truck. I see a guy also coming to the park, maybe to do a jog. Okay, it's a pretty big park. It's just two of us, who cares? And uh, I socially distance myself from my truck, and then he walks past my truck, and then I put my head in my truck, and I turn around. This guy's standing right behind me, and he says, uh, lifting weights in the morning? I'm like, what? He's lifting heavy weights in the morning. I said, uh, yeah. And then he just doesn't finish a sentence, and then just starts sprinting away, like kind of doing a jog around the park. I think nothing of it. I'm doing my workout. Every time he does a lap around me, I can see he's just looking at what I'm doing. And I could see, I could feel not even see, I could feel that he wants to be a part of what I'm doing rather than just jogging around the park. He seems like a guy that doesn't like to jog. He seems like a guy that likes to move heavy weights, and he has no gym. So uh, I'm coming up to like one of the last legs of my set. I'm pulling the chain and the sled away from where I was. The bucket is where it originally was. If you guys know what we do, we sit on a bucket, and we pull a sled to ourselves, so the bucket's where it is. I'm moving the chain back to the other side, and I hear the guy doing some sort of war chant, as he is jogging past my station. I'm like, wow, what a what a maniac this guy is. And then uh, when he gets to my bucket, he stops, and then he does the war chant on my bucket. And I figured, you know, this is not a good time to talk to a psychopath, so I just let him 
do it. And then he left, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, you can't. My my mom said, "Why didn't you tell them to uh, get away from your stuff?" I said, "Ma, this is not the this is not the time or the place to deal with an irrational person." But maybe it was just eating at him that he was unable to use these weights or a sled. I get it, man. I get it. Times are rough, and people don't want to jog if they don't have to jog. All right, that was it. This was a the longest six minutes Sunday ever. But who cares? We're in a pandemic. You got nothing else to do. Enjoy. Be safe. Stay inside. Do not touch your face and treat everything and everyone like the coronavirus, like they have the coronavirus. You need to keep yourself socially distant and keep your hygiene up.